0: What's happening, everybody? This is Jerome checking back in for the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. Um, I am your host. And we're on volume number 158 of the Quarantine Lean Edition of the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. Um, I've been looking around a lot. And my mind is constantly thinking on... What is the main goal that we can do in our community to uplift? You know, not only ourselves, but most of all, our children. Because in these days, you know, the things that we had to endure... You know, most most of us, um, you know, coming from extreme levels of poverty to generations of our family members being locked up for taking penitentiary chances um, just to put food on the table, um, have access to education, Getting equal pay at at work, creating sustainable businesses, you know, it's a, it's a lot going on, um, having stable families, it's a lot, it's a lot to take in and I talk about economics all the time. Excuse me, I've been drinking a lot of water tonight, but I, I talk about economics all the time and the positive effects of economics and, and, and how it could be not only a landing board for stability, but also a landing board for legacy. And I think back to when I was a young man. And the situations that our community was in, how we were clinging on to every single word of politicians almost every four years. And our foundation, you know, was deeply rooted in Christianity. And we were trying to apply the teachings of the Bible to our everyday life. And then all of a sudden society jumped in and slowly but surely those conservative outlooks on life, they began to scatter. Um, The teachings of the Bible, In Christianity, they begin to. It seems as though almost every week or every month, one link was removed. Remove, remove or whatever the religious base was in your community. You know, I'm not here to talk about that. But then. I thought about. Our men. Black men. And what was the mindset. Of black men. And what was success. To the average black man. What did it consist of. What was the process of, of being successful and the stages of success? And how did that correlate to the next generation? So, I'm my father's son. Okay. My father was a hard worker. He owned his own house, him and my mother. He raised a family, him and my mother. He married a a hardworking woman. And together they were able to set a foundation for their children through just sheer hard work. And all of his children, all of their children, Me and my sisters and brothers, we weren't wealthy. We weren't in the middle class. I think that we were like in the lower portion of, I think we were moderately poor. Uh, We always had a car. My dad always worked. My mom, sometimes she worked, sometimes she didn't. But for the most part, she didn't work. There was always food on the table. It wasn't what we wanted to eat all the time, but somehow. Some way with the consistency of my father being a breadwinner. We were able to actually see what hard work really meant. But it didn't take me. I wasn't viewing that as a man, as a young man, as a young boy. I wasn't viewing that as success, right? I viewed the people that were, you know, getting money. The ones that had the gold rings and the gold chains and diamonds and everything and their teeth. And I thought that that was success. And even though I knew that their success, Was a failure waiting to happen. I still viewed it as success. Now to my parents credit. We always talked about trade schools. We always talked about career paths. We always talked about the future. And what should be done. And what could be done. And you know I stand here. Or I sit here as a proud black man. You know being a homeowner. Um, I don't have student loan debt. I have some credit card debt, but, you know, the average American does. But what I'm trying to say is, is that without my father, I'm not exactly sure where I am today in life. Even with all the mishaps that I've been through, even with all the mistakes that I've made. I probably wouldn't be the man that I am today. And I'm still evolving. Learning more. Um, trying to be a better person in my community. Trying to be a servant. And I'm thinking that like. What did this. What did this all come from? Like. Who instilled this in me, you know, these thoughts of greatness and um, over to be an overachiever, to to work as hard as you can, to learn as much as you can. um, To be studious, to be intelligent. To be respectful, to be mindful of your fellow man, to always, always, always. Respect your elders. This came from my parents and most of all. My mother was laying down the ground bricks and my father was the person with the concrete. And I'm starting to think that at this point in time that there needs to be a shift. I talked about a couple of shows ago that there needs to be a paradigm shift within our community, but I'm also starting to begin to think that it needs to be a paradigm shift with black men first. This is very important. Um, Right now, I'm on on a journey to where I want to drink about about two gallons of water, two to three gallons of water a day. Um consistently, you know, for specific health reasons. I am forty-four years old and I'm not as young as I used to be and I still wanna be able to maintain my youth or my strengths that God has blessed me with. So, you know, if you guys heard that go, 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 you know, that water, that was just that was just me just trying to look out for my health, you know what I mean. Um so let's think about this, right? Let's think about LeBron James for a moment. LeBron James just became a billionaire. The foundation and the work that LeBron James has put into me is phenomenal. So everybody's congratulating LeBron James, Tiger Woods just also became a billionaire and everybody's congratulating him. But one small detail that we are actually leaving out is the legacy that he's leaving for his children, for his family. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bring this down for a moment to where a scenario that anyone can relate. Just imagine a young man starts to work at his local water company. He meets a woman. They end up dating, getting married. They have children. 20 years later, this man has worked his way up through the ranks at his job, and now he's a supervisor. His pension is fully paid, he has life insurance on all of his children. Including his wife. And for each one of his kids. It's something that's called a, a whole life policy that you can pay. This is just an example. To age 65. And every year. He is putting. He's paying absorbent amounts of money to pay down. The policy. So as a result of that, by the time that his children are 35, this is just an example, they will have access to over $100,000, all of his children. The average American, and this is just an estimate, but you, know, you all can relate, is probably going to buy their home between the ages of 25 and 35. The average home right now in the United States is about. Let's just say two hundred and fifty thousand. It's just a rough estimate. Can you imagine. Once his children's. Once his children. Once him and his wife's children and their family starts to have kids. And they say, you know what, dad? I think I want to buy a house. but I don't have the 20% down payment. I don't want to go into my 401k. The market is already down. If I lose money when the market comes back up, I may have, you know, I may lose money. His father looks over at his wife. They're super excited and he says, "You know what, son? Don't worry about it. I want to do something for you and your family." I want to gift you all $100,000 to put down on your home. Automatically, that foundation that this man just made just by going to work, just by being financially responsible and investing in his family and doing the right things. He has laid down a foundation to where his family, his children can be successful. The average man, black man, between the ages of 17 to 25, I could guarantee you right now, they're not having this conversation. And you wanna know why? Because their fathers are not having this conversation. I wanted to pause and I'm going to say it again. Their fathers aren't having this conversation. How many conversations are father and son having in regards to, you know what? Hey, son. You're out here, you're experiencing life. You're having sex. Just know if you have unprotected sex, son, and you get someone pregnant. The expectation is, is that you're going to have to be the man and take care of that child. What are you going to do? Are you going to attempt to marry her? So that way your, your child is not around another man. You're not worrying about your child being in an unsafe environment. You're not worrying about being on child support. All of these things starts from the child's father. when he's talking to his girls, to his daughters, and they want to put on makeup and lashes at age 12 wearing tight pants do you really really think that man is okay with his daughters out here looking like Cardi B do you really really think that he's okay with his daughters trying to attempt to act like Meg the Stallion do you really really think that Do you really, really think that he's okay with his daughter mimicking other people on television, twerking? But guess what, though? If the father was there, he would be like, hold on, hold on. The hell you think you're doing? We don't. This is not how we represent ourselves with all of the with all of the young boys that's in the trap right now. You know, that's waving guns and the videos and shit like that. If their father was present, this is what the foundation is, everyone. Do you really think that those conversations wouldn't be had about, hey, look. If I catch you. If, if you even think about holding a gun talking about gang gang this and gang gang that it's going to be some consequences and repercussions. I wish there could be a deep dive study Into how many children that go missing, where are their fathers at? Because I'm going to let you know something. When you have children and the father is around, you can automatically tell. The difference. This is why. And I'm talking to black men specifically, and I'm not yelling. I'm not frustrated. I'm not upset. But we have to raise the bar of fatherhood. We have to peel back. The barrier of, you know, she's not letting me see my child. If I don't have money, my my baby's mother is not letting me see my child. We're not saying, we're not saying to the man, to the father, hey, you know what? If you need to patch this relationship up to make things work and do better and get you a A full time job and start going to junior college, start going to trade school and get your act in order. You have kids. Enough of this. I'm trying to be the fly guy. Your children. Your family's life is at stake. You don't have money like Nick Cannon. You're not famous. And you're susceptible to all of the dangers that come in our neighborhood. If you're out here in these streets. When we look at. When we look at all the problems that are going on. It's time for us to pull back. Black men. And stop trying to be the front runner. Stop trying to rock the latest jewelry. Stop trying to get the latest Gucci. Stop trying to wear the best shoes. And think about, am I laying a foundation for my family? Yes, I made it. I can navigate. I can navigate the hood. I can navigate this world but your children may not be as strong as you. So then what, what happens if something happens to you? What position, not only financially, but mentally are you leaving your children in? It is so many conversations that are being held about child support that makes the man so bitter, that make black men so bitter That they even forget about raising their own damn children. See, usually I get here and I talk about accountability with black women and how this and how that. You know what? Yeah, that's true. But at a certain amount of time, you know what? That shit is played out. And here's the reason why, because we could only control what we can control. I don't give a damn if that woman is loud, if she's out of control, if she always cussing, if she always is. That don't got to do. that don't got nothing to do with you raising your child. Properly. And providing leadership properly to your children. Because guess what? If you're gonna hoop and holler about anything if you're going to be mad and upset and want to tear down the whole damn world, it is nothing more worth it than trying to provide for your children. And see, this is where things get jaded at, right? Because we do actually have men out here that actually use their child as a shield. Oh man, you know what? I got kids to feed, man. Fuck that. You know, I'll get out here and I'll, you know, I'll do this or I'll do that. I don't care what I need to do, but I know mine's going to be taken, being taken care of. You know, that's some of the most stupidest shit ever. Right, because in their mind, they actually believe that they're doing this on behalf of their children. But really and truly it's something that they've already chosen, chosen to do either way. Versus because if it was really about your child and you really wanted to be available in your child's life. Hell you would work sixteen hours a day, even if you got to work work two jobs paying ten dollars a piece sixteen hours a day, ten and ten equals twenty. I'm just saying this is the mindset that a true father would have, and then we also have some of these excuses to where you know what see, I never had a father. So then we started coming to these excuses, you know, well, I didn't know. I don't know. (laughs) Right. But you knew you knew one thing when you and when you and that woman was laying down and you was having unprotected sex, you knew how good it felt. And you just didn't want to have protected sex. So as a result, you have to be responsible because this is your child that you brought into the world. So by you trying to make an investment, a small time investment that you're taking a penitentiary chance from that could put you away from anywhere from 10, 20 and 30 years. You don't want to choose to apply yourself to go and get your GED, get you a trade, get your truck driver's license, do anything, become a carpenter, a roofer, whatever it is to put you in a position. So where you will be able to show up in your best Self for your children. See, sometimes when we're talking to men, black men, we have to cut through a lot of the bullshit. Most of these, most of these people out here hollering gang, 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 and they throwing up, you know, they said or whatever, you know what they got children at home. They being more loyal to the gang than they is. They own damn kids. And see, this is the reason why i made. The last on my last podcast. Do nice guys finish last in the importance. Because he is not nice guys. It's the responsible man. The responsible black man that some people look over until years down the road. Oh, man, you mean to tell me this and this and this going on? He finna do that? Now these dudes that been in and out of the penitentiary. Oh, man, that dude, he been a square his whole life. But shit, he sure is paid, though. See, he had this and he had that versus them putting the responsibility on themselves. And saying, you know what? Hey, man, shit. when I was young, bro, this is the life that I chose. And as a result of this, I put my family and my children in this predicament. See, these are the hard conversations. That we don't have. in a public open form. So guess what? They'll see later when their children start to act out. They'll see later. When their children aren't going to school properly, when they aren't taking in the information. You want to know why? Because daddy's not home and he's not reinforcing and instilling values. You know what he's out there trying to do? He's trying to lay his mac down for the hood. So if you don't think that children recognize where your attention is going, guess what they're going to do? They're going to try to follow daddy and mama to to where their attention is going. They're not going to be interested in school because that because their father is not interested. They're not going to be invested in going to school. And acting right because these behaviors are not being instilled at home. This is the foundation, y'all. I seen something that was really, really startling today. And I'm starting to notice. That it's a problem. As black men, we should be ashamed, ashamed that a large percent of our children have to get public aid, that they have to get food stamps to survive. You want to know why? Because, my brother, you're not producing. All of that bullshit that you got going on in the street, it ain't putting food in your kid's mouth. What it's doing is, it's putting a couple hundred in your pocket to keep your lifestyle above water. But it's not sustaining your children. You should be ashamed of yourself, my guy. You should be ashamed that in order for your child To have a roof over their head that their mother had to go to the county to get Section 8 to get a voucher just to have a roof over their head. My God, that's your job. You should be ashamed when that food pantry comes open and your mother. Not your mother, but the mother of your children has to go to the food pantry in the line of shame to get food to feed your own children but you out here on Instagram you walking around like oh I'm a boss I'm that dude yeah you a boss and you that dude right. I'm a big stepper man they know how I'm coming Man, be quiet, dude. You ain't feeding your kids, man. You should be ashamed that right now, when was the last time that you actually participated in a doctor's visit, in a parent-teacher conference? When was the last time that you actually read a book? Not for yourself, but for your children. Have you showed up at a basketball practice? Did you go to the spelling bee? Are you in their phones? Do you know what they're looking at? This is all a black man's issue. And this is all about foundation. One thing that is true. And for certain. That I have seen. Now this is in the Bible and I'm not trying to Bible thumb nobody. But it does say train a child up. And if they go astray. The teaching that was laid. They will always come back to. You see what I'm saying? See. Black men in these days and times. We're putting everything and just saying, well, you know what? The woman is raising the child in every manner. And you are so. Brain dead. That you will allow this woman to make every single decision in regards to your children. As long as she's not giving you hell. Oh, well, what's your mama say? 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 say? You You don't got nothing to pour into your child. You don't got nothing to give you don't have no positive attributes but you know what let the child do something good though oh yeah that's my child right there That's that's my child that's my child that's my child Nah, my brother, it's your child, but are you active? Some of these men, they're in so much, they're in so many different situations with their dealings in the street that they can't even walk with their children down the street. They can't even take their children to the park. Some of them can't even post their children. Damn show sure can't drop their location. And this is when I ask, like, what are we doing out here? What's the basis? I only seen my dad drunk. In 44 years. Twice. And I didn't even know what that was, but he wasn't yelling. He wasn't cursing. But I knew that one time he was, I I was trying to go somewhere and spend the night. He was like, no, my son ain't going no damn well. And he said it really, really aggressively. I think I seen him smoke weed once. Just out of trial and error. Think about what these fathers or the homes of these children, where the father is not a constant, everyday presence what is it that they're being exposed to and what attitudes and norms and struggles and personalities that's being grown and the levels of dysfunction because their dad is just simply not trying He's simply not. It's a reason why the black boys. Are some of the most poorest are in some of the most horrid positions. From an economic standpoint in the United States. We can start to point to all systemic racism and this and this and this and yes, That does play a part. But at the end of the day, black fathers, a lot of them are just not making good decisions. And they're not thinking legacy. They're thinking about getting by. They're not raising their children. They're thinking of, you gonna do what I say else. They're not cultivating leaders. They're cultivating yes, men. Just do what your mama said. You heard her. Don't make me have to come back over here. Well, dad, you haven't been over here in six months. I know your mama called me today and she she better not have to call me again. Well, are we going to go to the park? No. You know, I got to work. It's been six months since I seen you, though. These are actual conversations. Some some men now actually. Hell, they don't even want to FaceTime their own children. They don't even want to talk to them. But we wonder why when we have scenarios and we're seeing children missing or we're seeing these kids. Making decisions based off of emotion. Is something underneath that. There is a level of unworthiness. Because they're not being shown. The fatherly love. When we see these girls acting all ratchet. There is something underneath that we can judge the behavior. But dig a little deeper. Talk to them. When was the last time that you spent over three hours with your father? You're going to instantly see a change. In their behavior. It's either going to get really, really aggressive. Or they're going to shut down. Well, I don't know. My dad and my mom, they don't get along. Or why the fuck you asked me about my dad? You ain't my dad. So why you ask me about that? You don't even care. So guess what? I ain't going to say nothing to you anyway. I don't care. And you better show up before I come over there and smack you. Right. That's what I thought. And the point is, is that they are in a scenario to where that they are looking for love, they are trying to figure things out. But they don't have their father figure amongst them and they are figuring things out through feel and touch. And sometimes. Once they develop, oh, so this is how this works. I could cover, I could cover my hurt. I could cover my pain. By doing wrong. It brings me satisfaction. I could get a sense of joy out of this. Even if it's just for a moment that I could just escape the pain that I feel from my black father not. Being available. I'm going to let you all know something that I just recognized. Um, I was having a conversation with a with a young woman, me me and a good friend of mine. You know, we all chilling out. We talking about movies and this and this and this. And she said that her daughter. Left her. A note. And on the note, it had colors on the note, (laughs) and each color represented a feeling. And she was going through all of the colors, you know, and she was like, wow, you know, and I'm listening to, and I was like, at first I was thinking like, for real? I was thinking that there was a communication barrier, Right. But I didn't want to be judgmental. But then I thought about it and I said, you know what? That's fantastic. Because even if her and her daughter is not talking. She's giving her mother the opportunity to know how you look. You know what? I feel this way. 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 Because these days. Parents don't even know how their children feel. I had to just throw that in. Now back to the legacy building. Because I want to try to end this on a positive note. What I am seeing more and more and more. I am seeing more and more black men be positive examples for their family. I am seeing more and more black men. Starting to work things out. Not only with their children. But also with the children's mother. So that way they could get along and they understand that at this point in time, it is a lifetime commitment That you have with your children. A lifetime commitment. And it's up to you. To put your children. In the passenger seat. Of success. Or failure. It is up to you. To present yourself. In the best manner possible. To your children every day. You may not be a failure. You may be a failure in the world, but if you present yourself right to your children, you're going to be their what their hero, their everything. Father's Day is coming up, y'all. My dad's been gone for two years. Sometimes I get emotional. Sometimes I feel proud. But most of all, I celebrate my father. Because not only did he raise a man, he raised a responsible man. And I'm doing things to be able to lay a legacy for my family as well. Just like he did. So for all the black men that's out there that may run across this podcast, man, at this point in time, it's time for you all, not for you all, for us to put ourselves, as far as importance goes, to the back of the line and let's start making a legacy and best decisions for our children moving forward. I'd like to thank you all again. For tuning in to the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. Again we're on number 158. Of the Quarantine Lean Edition. Um, you all can check me out. At. On Twitter. I post all of my links on Twitter. Um, at uh, Roman Empire 77. On Instagram. Um, at Virtual Hustle 77. um Jerome Thornton on Facebook, and Thornton Media on Facebook as well. Thank you all again, and um, you all have a great evening.